Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Kennedy, and I'm here to help you become the very best version of yourself. What is up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. And today I'm joined by a good friend of mine, Kyle Trainer. Now, he is the founder of Elite Vitality Business School, who offers a range of of extremely high quality courses um, and education. Uh, I'll have the link to that in the show notes today. He's also a co-host of the Pivotal Conversations podcast. Again, an incredible listen with a lot to, to offer there and so much to take away from each episode. I'm really pumped to bring you this episode today, guys, for anyone who's listening that has a business, a company, a brand, whether it's a product or service that they're trying to grow. We really dive uh, into the detail today of how to grow a brand and how to make sure the brand is what you want it to be, what it actually means. The three pillars that Kyle discusses on today's show that will really help you, um, I guess, reverse engineer what you need to be doing to make sure that's effective and that it does well. Um, I'll have the links to all of Kyle's social media and his website and everything in the show notes today, but a big thanks to Kyle for coming on the show. I do really appreciate his time and um, the the knowledge that he offered and the value that he offered for today's episode. So if you enjoy the show, please do take a screenshot of today's episode, post it up on Instagram story for me. That would be very much appreciated. Um, and now let's get stuck into today's episode. Kyle, welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast, man. Um, pleasure to have you on for a chat today. How are you? Thanks for having me, mate. I am good. Um, I guess some some good and bad news on the back of coming out of lockdown. Um, gyms still aren't open, but um, we, we won't go into that now. Yeah, mate. That's uh, let's not get started on that. Otherwise, our our thirty minute block will be fucking over before it even started. Uh, man, like I said, pleasure to have you on today. Um, I love getting people on the show who can just add, you know, absurd amounts of value for the, for the listener. And a lot of the time as well, the guests that I get on, um, it's almost for like selfish reasons, to be honest, just cause I, I like to learn from certain people. And I know, you know, you've just got so much, um, knowledge and, um, in your area of expertise. So as the title of, um, today's podcast would suggest, um, what Kyle's going to chat with us about, Today is, I guess, the fundamentals and almost reverse engineering how to build a brand, um, I guess, from the ground up. Some of the mistakes that Kyle sees, um, you know, both with, with the people that go through his courses and just some, even mistakes that he's probably made. And I know there's plenty that I've made as well. So where should we begin, man? I think, I think when it comes to brand, I mean, one of the, the common mistakes is that brand is very much around colors, logos, fonts, um, a, a lot of these different types of things. But, I, you know, when you, when you kind of come down to, I guess, the core of what a brand is, it's a strategic asset that acts as a, a guiding light for all decision-making in business. Um, and I think once you start to look at a brand that way, you can really start to get a gauge of maybe it, it could be a little bit bigger than those things that I mentioned before. Um, so, you know, I think when we look at brand, we, we first have to understand what a brand is. Um, and, and, and as I, as I mentioned, it's, it's something that just colors your lens when it comes to making decisions in your business. So whether that's, um, you know, potentially it's a new product launch, potentially it's, um, you know, some customer service, potentially it's the, 
um, you know, the, the kind of structure of your service. There might be many different decisions that you're going to have to make at one point in time in your business. And brand really is this uh, asset that helps you make those decisions with absolute clarity. Um, and more importantly, it stops you from making major mistakes as it relates to those decisions and, and any type of strategy in your business. Yeah. And, and before we keep going, um, I will mention as well, guys, that obviously we, we both come from uh, the fitness industry background and, um, and Kyle's done some incredible things in the health and fitness industry, but this applies to all brands, regardless of what industry you're in. And this is going to be just some absolute gems there. And I think one of them you already touched on, and this is something that I've only really been gaining recently, um, you know, working with a business coach this year and, and um, consuming a lot of content, even through um, your course as well, Kyle, is the clarity around your decision-making. I think that's just so important because I, I see in particular a lot of people that do start brands and I can even go back to the, the examples that um, from, from mistakes that I've made previously where there's just real no clarity. There's really no clarity around the decisions that are being made. It's kind of just like throwing um, shit at a wall and hoping that it sticks. It's like, what, you know, why are you making the decisions? Are they all pushing in the same direction and what direction even is that? So from your perspective, you know, seeing people starting out a brand in whatever industry it's in, what are, I guess, some of the, the main mistakes that, that people make initially that are easily fixed and, and where should people start in regards to figuring out what that message and the purpose is so that there is the clarity around what the brand actually means and, and, and the purpose of the brand? Yeah, it's such a good point. I think, you know, the way I look at business is, is um, it's such a stressful um, process, right? And it's, it's something that I know I've experienced anxiety around my business at some points and still do to this day. And a lot of the time when I've experienced those moments of anxiety um, and, and kind of stress, it's a lot of the time it's when I feel like I don't understand or I don't have clarity on what I should be doing next. Because when I actually understand what I should be doing, I can action that Mm. And I, and I can, I can set a clear plan and, and then all of a sudden I can start to enjoy that process. But when I don't understand, uh, and I lack that clarity, I start to panic. I start to get really stressed. I start to get really anxious. Um, the and overwhelm, that really affects, the sense of that overwhelm affects my I think it's crippling as well. hundred percent. Right. So one of the big things, you know, in, in business and one of the reasons I do what I do now is especially around the education is purely to help people uh, or at least equip them with frameworks that help them troubleshoot. And I think that's something in business you have to do a lot of. Like if you think about it, right, troubleshooting is really what your job is. You know, um, there's certain, you know, everybody is trying to grow and we all have these targets and goals that we want to achieve, but nothing is ever perfect. Um, and it's something that there's always going to be an obstacle that arises or something goes wrong. Um, and your job really as a business owner is to troubleshoot that and, you know, obviously help come uh, get your business out the other side and continue working towards those goals. So brand actually plays a massive role in that. Cause as I said before, brand really is a strategic asset. The way I look at brand is it's, it's the, it's, it's kind of like who we are at the core, right? Mm -hmm. And, and it's, it's like your values. Can, there's three main pillars that I look at when I look at brand. Um, identity narrative and strategy these are kind of like the three key pillars but 
more so when I think about brand, uh, and we can kind of touch on those um, soon, but more so when I, when I think about brand, I think about how, like I think about association, right? And I go, people are going to associate something with my business and my brand no matter what. Like brand is something that exists whether you like it or not. It's not something that if you choose to do it, then it exists. People will associate something with your brand. And I think the, my message with this is you want to consciously set those associations uh, and that's really what your brand is. Uh, and brand kind of has a few, uh, I guess, main mechanistic um, ways that it helps you grow. But if we really think about it, brand is something that makes future marketing more effective, right? So the better my brand, the more effective my future marketing will be. Um, and, and that's because we're, we're cementing ourselves in the mind of our customers. We're trying to create clarity in mind for the customer. And we're also trying to make clarity in the mind for ourselves as business owners. So we know exactly what to do or how to, uh, or what decision to make when we're faced with a really tough strategic decision. And then eventually what ends up happening as I get better and I kind of reinforce those associations and I reinforce my messaging, and all of these, you know, all of these kind of um, uh, kind of uh, pillars that brand represents, we actually start to create margin. So you'll see that the best brands in the world spend less on marketing, and that's because they've got a really strong brand. Mm. So therefore, their future marketing, so the marketing that is yet to come, it 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 actually is more effective, which means they can spend less on marketing um, because they've got that strong brand, which leads to obviously greater margins in business. Awesome. A couple of things uh, I want to touch on out of what you've just said there. Something that I see quite often, and again, I'll, I'll refer back to, to myself, is I've always felt like I've known what my, my brand is and I know what, my, what I want my brand to be. But then when I look at a lot of the, maybe the content that I was posting or um, my messaging to an extent, it may not have always aligned with what I guess I thought my brand was or what I wanted my brand to be and I see it quite often with people through social media like you can't even really tell what their brand is it's it's all over the place it's you know, there's things going in all different directions where it's really hard to tell what what they're hoping that their brand is going to to portray and what what their message they're trying to get across is so the first part of the question for you I guess is how for someone that may have already started a business or already started a company and, and in their eyes already have their own brand for someone that is a quite lost with what their, their, what they want their brand to portray, how can we kind of figure that out? Or for someone that's already started, is it too late to then, to then figure out what that, what they want their brand to be? Like, do they need to start it all over again and, and rebrand or is it something that can be, um, I guess, altered or improved along the way? Yeah. I mean, that's a really good question. Um, so the, I guess it's definitely iterative, right? So mm. like brand is not set in stone. Like the brand isn't the creation of the brand. The brand is actually the consequential nature of it. So what I mean by that is I could say um, that I want my brand to be premium, but the reality is just because I said it doesn't mean that that's the association someone's going to have with it. Yep. So the example that you can use is if I want to have a premium service, yet I um, am running late or um, I, you know, uh, 
you know, something to do with my service that actually isn't premium, then the association that some that person or, or most people are going to have is that it's not a premium service, mm-hmm. right? So that's where we see the biggest mistake happen is that a lot of people think brand creation is where it starts and finishes. Whereas in reality, building a brand is actually such an iterative process. That's why it takes so many years to build. You know, it's almost like reputation. Um, and then, you know, in terms of actually getting started, I mentioned it before, the first pillar is brand identity. And it's funny, right? Like, you know, um, you can draw a lot from just self-development and even fitness. And what's the first thing that you do when you want to change something? Well, you say, okay, you write on a piece of paper, you go, these are my values, right? And and it, writing your values down on a piece of paper is actually, it's such a great um, uh, exercise to complete because you become conscious of them. And when you become conscious of them, you change your behaviors. So if I want to be, um, you know, what are my values? Well, if my, one of my values is integrity, well, you know, then I'm going to be honest with people. Um, then I'm going to be, I'm going to kind of have um, extreme ownership around my own actions. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, and I'm not going to be afraid to do these things. Right. And then, but it all started for me from writing down what they are. And the brand identity model is really the same thing. I talked about it before. It's association. People will associate certain words or certain feelings emotions um and characteristics with your business and my my you know my opinion is i want to i want to consciously set those right so so the the easiest way to do this is what are the five associations that i want people to think about or think of my business when i leave the room so if i left the room and said describe my business what do i want people to say and then what they become is your brand identity um, and, and, and really when you look at it that way, you go, okay, well then what we can start to do is go, okay, well, you know, I want to, I want to pick one of these and this is what they call this, the brand essence. And this is kind of when, when you, when somebody thinks of your business, what are you, what's the first thing that you want to come to mind? Um, and, and, you know, for us, it's unrivaled business education. Right. So, so that's, you know, when, when we want, whenever we make a strategic decision, we need that association to be front of mind. That's how we choose what we do. So, okay. If we've got a choice between doing, um, you know, maybe, um, some like low quality level, um, education, or maybe it's around production or we go really high level 4k, well, we're going to go for 4k because our brand essence tells us that we want to be unrivaled. So everything we do from the content we produce to how it's produced to how it's delivered, everything has to be associated with that essence. And then the other four around those other four associations become somewhat of an extended identity. They almost wrap texture and substance Mm. around the essence and help you make strategic decisions. Similar to how we set our values, these, this brand identity then becomes who we are. Um, and, and that helps us act and behave as a company, as a business, um, throughout those times. And, and really that's the start. Yeah, man, I love that. And a couple of things again, out of that, I love how you, you referred it back to reputation, right? It's like your reputation again, it's like you've said, it's like what, people associate like what people's what feelings people or thoughts people associate with you as a person it's no different to your business and your brand or your company like it's it's exactly the same and to give the listeners a a real um kind of insight here like i started this zoom call with kyle before and um and he had no idea what the fuck we're going to be talking about i literally just (laughs) 
unless you just told him like what I wanted to touch on today. And obviously this is his area of expertise, but he's able to then just reel off right now with the identity um, of elite vitality, like the, the business itself and with no, no thought behind it at all, because it's, it's, it's ingrained into his mind, into his values as to exactly what he wants the business brand to be about and again it almost comes down to um and i don't know what your thoughts are on this car but like being able to get it to the point and this is a process i'm i'm kind of working through at the moment is like being able to get it to the point where there is no real thought to it but you have to believe yourself like you have to believe in the the brand's identity yourself so much more than anyone else so then others are able to believe in it as well because i think a problem that a lot of brands and companies may have is that they don't even know what their identity is or they don't even necessarily believe in the identity themselves because they know that they're cutting corners like you said use the example of the production like if if you've said that your identity is to have unrivaled be an unrivaled business but you know in your own head that you're cutting corners and taking shortcuts all the time then of course there's no fucking chance that you're going to believe yourself that that's your identity as a brand because you know it's not um yeah so i think that's really important as well Hundred percent, and I'll give you an example, right? So, it it costs us roughly around. Um, uh, I mean, I'm I'm just going to say this, and because I want to be transparent with the listeners, but it costs us around twenty to thirty thousand to to actually produce our course. Now, um, that's no matter what when you're producing a course, that is quite. Uh, you know, that's, it's, it's intense. Yeah. Mm. Like for, 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 uh, for production and these kind of things, it's quite intense, no matter what level in business that you're at. Now, the reality is, is in that situation, that brand identity that we've previously set dictates whether or not we make that decision, obviously considering budget and all these kind of things and profit and, and all these things within your business. But the reality is, is that what tells me whether or not that's the right decision is the fact that I understand what our brand is and mm-hmm. something that you mentioned as well, um, that I think is really important is, you know, one thing that happens, especially for like sole traders, right. Is that they get stuck at a point because of capacity, right? So it's yep. like to get to that next level and building a team um, no matter what you do, whether you're going into some type of technology business or you're just literally um, building a team of coaches, trainers, um, or even, you know, um, whatever type of business, e-commerce, right? The capacity or your capacity is always dictated on time and time, obviously, and the only way to um, better that is leveraging a team's time. Brand becomes really important when you're building a team because as we talked about, it's not just your identity, it's the business's identity. And we talked about it. It's not just about customers. It's also about internally. You know, how do we have to act? You know, what do we, what, what does it mean to be a part of this company? Um, and if you look at someone you know, like a big business like Tesla, so everybody knows Tesla um, and more so, you know, probably knows Elon Musk. But the reality is, is Tesla spends $0 on advertising. Zero. They've got a market cap, you know, I think it's what, seven times any other car company in the world, right? So they're worth seven times more than any other car company in the world. And they spend zero on advertising, which means their margins are through the roof. And, And what we look at there is that's their brand. But I think more so internally, you know, our, I think we could all pretty much rattle off what we think Tesla's 
um, brand identity is. You know, they're ruthless in their nature. Like, you know, it's pretty much Elon in a nutshell. But the reality is, is that it, that identity would guide everybody who works in that company. Um, and I think that's really, really important, right? Because I think, especially as, you know, if you're an aspiring business owner who is currently the technician in your business, you're the person who's doing everything and you want to start to climb the ranks or wear the different hats and go into someone who's more of a manager where you're managing a team, a leader where you're leading management and a team or a CEO where you're literally hands off and the company runs itself. There is no right or wrong, but if you want to start climbing that ladder, brand is is so much harder to keep under wraps the the bigger your team gets. So that's exactly why it's even more important to understand what you represent. Cause think about how you hire, think about when it's you potentially might have to fire someone or, you know, the actions of your staff, you know, uh, the processes and operations that you build within your company are all literally built on the back of what we call brand. Is that, is that uh, touching on the hiring process? Obviously as the team grows and, for a lot of people out there that are wanting to build a big business, it's, it's inevitable that the team is going to have to grow at some point in time. Is How important is that, right? So if you've, you're doing an interview with someone who is just perfect for the job, for the actual task that you want them to, to um, deliver, but you could probably maybe tell that maybe their values aren't exactly aligned um, or their identity is not exactly aligned with what the company's um, identity is. Is it a matter of trying to mold them into that identity or is it a matter of saying, uh, sorry, mate, it's, it's, this one's not yours. We're going to have to go for the next, per- next best person at the job, but maybe they align better with the identity. Like which one's more important? Yeah. Um, so, so, you know, I'll use another example here, right? So I'm pretty sure people sleep on the factory floor at Tesla, <laughs> you know, like that's how intense it is there. That's how ruthless it is. It is there. So let's say that you bring an engineer in, Okay, that engineer has so much smarts and so much brains, but they can't, you know, and and let's just say we make that higher. And then deep down, what they thought they were coming into was an engineering job that was, you know, nice and fun and, and all this kind of stuff. And all of a sudden, you put them into this ruthless absolutely fast paced environment and they don't survive Mm. and they, they hate it or they don't want to work. You're caught in a position where you've hired someone who doesn't want to be there, who inevitably isn't going to be or have the ability to help take your business forward. Um, And that is such a problem. They say it costs you nearly double to replace someone or, or, you know, when you, when you have to replace someone who wasn't the right fit, then it does to hire someone, um, you know, or, or, you know, to keep someone on board. So hiring is one of those things that yes. And this is what I was saying. Everything is based on brand identity. Everything is based on your brand. It's literally a strategic asset that guides all decision-making, hiring, strategy, marketing, all of these things are built on the back of what we call brand for that reason. Because um, if you make the wrong decisions, it costs you time and money. Yeah. For sure. Well, something I wrote down before when you were speaking is um, is about uh, you know you talked talked about marketing. Sorry, um, and something I'm curious about is if the brand knows the identity and, like you said, they're they're not necessarily out there telling everyone because if, if you're doing it properly, then people should be able to associate what your identity is anyway. How important, like? 
what's the balance of like putting in everyone's face, like trying to get people to believe what your identity is and just the, on the opposing side of that, letting others kind of uh, figure it out themselves. If that makes any sense, I feel like I've really fucked up the wording of that, com- that, that question. But no, no, that's all right. I understand what you're trying to say. So, so like yeah. there's obviously a dichotomy of, um, you know, how, how, how much marketing do we have to do, you know, and, 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 you know, how aggressive do we have to go there? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I actually think so. Like the, the second pillar is narrative. And then once you've got your identity, you know, your core, your, your essence, as I mentioned before, is like, that's where we're going. Mm-hmm. Right. And then our, into our, um, sorry, our core, our, uh, brand essence is who we are. And then our identity is where we're going. So our, we are unrivaled business education, but we might be going towards premium. We might be going towards ruthless, you know, all these different things potentially. And then what we want to do is we want to build a narrative around that because story is how we, it's, you know, like thinking about it, story is how we make sense of the world. You know, that's why like, um, scripts like the Bible and, and a lot of these different, um, you know, books that have been passed down th- uh, through time are all told through stories. Um, and that's because we often, um, that's how we make sense of the world. You know, even if you think about our own thoughts and how we think about our, our own life, we're really thinking of it in the form of a story. That's why we like movies. They stand the test of time. Um, so creating a story around your identity uh, and who you are as a company, where you're going more importantly is so, so important. Mm-hmm. But what you said before is the, th- and, and kind of you were talking about is, you know, uh, like uh, letting someone um, create their own identity of you or going super aggressive. Um, and the reality is I don't think, I think marketing and brand are very different. Marketing is the, in my opinion, is the communication of brand. Yep. Um, but it's not the true storytelling. Only- yeah, through storytelling. Through, or through narrative. Like, exactly, right? Yeah. So so we're looking to weave a narrative around what we're doing as a company. Like if you look at um, Tesla, if you look at um, Elon Musk, even just as a person, um, you know, he's, he's quite in the news at the moment. He's not, <laughs> he's, he's, he's a bit of a character, right? But if you look at his narrative, it's so like we know what he's about. Right. Yep. He, 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 he believes that the planet is unsustainable at the moment. So he's trying to fix that through sustainable energy with Tesla. And if that doesn't work, he wants to have rocket ships that take us to Mars so that he can <laughs> save the planet anyway. Wild guy, wild guy. But um, think about that, right? Like yep. that is ingrained in our minds subconsciously. Mm-hmm. That, and that's probably why he's got, you know, he's, he's got somewhat the best personal brand in the world. You know, he's got so much influence that he's, he's influencing the stock markets. He influences... Um, the crypto, crypto markets yeah. with with tweets, and that's because he's got <laughs> the crazy. best personal brand in the world. And you know, Tesla and all these things have the best brands in the world um, because he's 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 literally become an expert or a, a master of weaving that narrative around what he's trying to do, um, and and he's got buy in, you know. Yeah. Um, so then it's about strategy. And, and when we talk about strategy, really what we're doing is we're breaking strategy down into three main parts or three main segments. We've got pre-purchase, purchase, and post-purchase. And basically this means pre-purchase is anything that happens before the point of sale. We have purchase, which is at the point of sale. And then we have post-purchase, which is beyond the point of sale. You know, so if we're looking at pre-purchase, that's a lot of your advertising, um, your PR, anything that happens before the point of sale, the point of sale, 
um, is like a store. It could be a website. It could be a, you know, a, an e-commerce store. Um, it could be a sales call. Like it could be anything. Yep. Um, and then you've got post-purchase, which is actually like the, 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 the deliverables. It's like, it's like, you know, what happens beyond the point of sale? It's the customer service. It's the loyalty programs. It's all of those things. And in reality, that's, that's, you know, we've got our identity and then we create a story and then we try to tell that story through those three different segments. Um, and, and that is what becomes our strategy. So our advertising, well, we're just constantly trying to reiterate that story. You know, think about one of the best brands in the world is Nike. Um, they never sell you a product. Mm. You know, you, you never see a Nike commercial that says, hey, buy this shoe or there's no sale. It's always they're telling you a story and they're just kind of reiterating that narrative in your head so that next time you go to buy a pair of runners, your or they market to you directly mm. that it makes that more effective um and then you got point of sale so this is like your website like if you go um if you go on nike's website i'm almost guarantee that they're probably going to have an athlete wearing their shoes in your face at the point of sale really talking to the psychology of that narrative um and and you know they'll they'll always have a good representation of what they're trying to represent um, and then we also can look at post-purchase um, and these kind of post-purchase moves that um, represent what the brand's trying to represent. Um, so, so looking at post-purchase strategy, well, how do I weave my identity and my narrative into post-purchase? And this is like, you know, we talked about it before. If, I, if one of my associations is premium, then I need to think about the little nuances in my um, post-purchase brand strategy. So my service, my loyalty programs that really speak to what premium is. Maybe it's futuristic. So it needs to be extremely futuristic and I need to kind of come up with these little tactics and strategies that'll help create and, and kind of reinforce that association. Um, so, so that's like the, the easiest way to think about it is I, I think that the, the wrong question is how much or how little but more so, I don't think that exists if the right stuff actually gets put out there. You know, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think if you're, yeah, if, yeah, you're sure. if you're sending the right message and it's a constant message and it's one that aligns with customers and it builds that audience, they will they will consume that. Yeah, they're never going to have enough of you. Um, and and that's you know that's why I think that if we look at those three pillars, it kind of makes a lot of sense in our head of what we're trying to do with our brand. More importantly, um, and then do more of the right stuff. Man, I love that. There's fuck, there's so many, um, so many gold nuggets there and takeaways from, from what you've had to say. And, and like I mentioned to you before we started, um, that I'd love to, to do a follow-up episode come hopefully in the next couple of months and, and preferably in person, which would be awesome. But until then, like I know you've just mentioned Nike and Tesla, um, I, you know, I personally usually like learn quite well from like watching or listening um, that's visual and audio for me is something that just usually works quite well. Hence the fucking podcast. Um, yeah. but is there any other brands that you would recommend that the listener kind of just keeps an eye on, I guess, even just to continue kind of understanding these three pillars, the identity narrative and strategy, um, that, that any, any brands in particular that you think that the listener can kind of keep an eye on until we catch up next time um, on the podcast, just to, to get a better understanding of how that actually plays out. As I said, you've mentioned Nike and Tesla, which are awesome examples. Um, but is there anyone else in particular that you think is quite a good, I guess, role model of how these three pillars play out? 
Oh man, there's so many. Um, you know, I, I think, I think, I think it's more, I think like, as I said, I think what listeners can do is actually more so take what you've learned today and then start going and looking at the brands that you really love. Mm-hmm. Maybe the things that you purchase, you know, the things that um, you connect with. Um, and, and, you know, that's what I do, you know, like whenever I look at brands, I, I think obviously, cause um, my knowledge and my experience now, I, I look at it through a different lens and I actually like to pick them apart. You know, I do a lot of research into this stuff and I think that's the best way to learn. Um, I think Amazon's a great brand, uh, a little bit different, right? Cause it's not as, it's not as, um, oh, what's the word? Like luxurious in a sense, but it's, it actually, it, it's still a great brand. Yeah. I think one that's coming up that I really like is house, house of athlete. Um, okay. it's actually a gym French. It's a gym in the States, um, owned by Brandon Marshall. Um, and he's got a podcast called I am athlete. Um, but I really like what they're doing around their brand. And I think you can kind of really see what they're trying to stand for. So I think they're, uh, a company that you can keep an eye on. Who's not as big as potentially like some of these public companies, but definitely, um, you know, they, they, they're definitely up and coming, but yeah, I, I would just stress to go and look at some of the brands and the, the ones that you purchase on a regular basis and then start to think about, you know, their identity. What's, what's their identity? Like what, what, you know, what, what, what do I associate with associate, them? And then yep. how have they kind of um, built that and weaved that? And then what's their narrative? Like, what are they trying to sell and look at their slogans, look at their PR, you know, look at the articles that are written about them and look at what the words that keep popping up. Cause you'll often see that they'll use the, the association they want to put in your mind. They will mention that word over and over again. Um, and then looking at their strategies, what do they do post-purchase? You know, go look at Tesla, go look at what their post-purchase strategies are. Go look at their purchase strategies. You know, one of the really cool ones is you never, you can never buy a Tesla in a car yard. Um, like it's impossible. And one of the other things that they do is they always underproduce. So even if you pay for um, a Tesla, right. And you put your deposit down, there's a chance you might not get one. So, you know, there might be 550,000 deposits on them. They will purposefully produce 450,000 <laughs> because they want you to know that even if you, even if you paid for one, even if you think you're getting one, you might not get one. Um, and that's a part of their brand, which sounds crazy. Um, but you never drive a, a Tesla out of a car yard. They like Apple, you know, you will see a lot of similarities between Tesla and Apple. Um, Elon Musk launches new cars on a big stage and does these big launches similar to what Steve Jobs did when they did, um, you know, when they launched the new iPhones and these kind of things. So looking at the point of sale, looking at kind of um, these different associations and, and the post-purchase and the advertising and the PR, you can start to get a gauge of what these brands really are trying to cement in, you, in your head as it relates to their, their company. Epic, bro. Mate, there's so many takeaways there. Guys, I'll, I'll have the links to all of Kyle's uh, socials and, and website and everything in the show notes below. Obviously, um, he's someone who has plenty of knowledge to share. Um, so I can guarantee you'll continue to learn from not only his content, but also the podcast as well, which as well, again, I'll have the link in the show notes and hopefully we can link up again in the next um, couple of months and, and kind of continue chatting, man. So I really do appreciate your time. I definitely wrote down a lot of um, notes and took a lot away from, from the chat, man. So I'm sure everyone that's tuned in will also um, gain a, a fuckload of value. So thanks heaps, man. Much appreciated. Thanks for having me, man. Uh, an honor.
Awesome, guys. As I mentioned, if you have taken some value away from this episode, we'd love for you to take a screenshot and post on your story on Instagram. Tag myself and tag Kyle as well. We'd love to get your feedback. And um, and again, we'll we'll have him on again in in the uh, very near future. So again, thanks, Kyle, and thank you to everyone who's tuned in to today's episode.